What's going on guys, Austin here. And in this video, we are gonna be taking a look at the extra points recap of the NBA semifinal games. So first series I'm gonna be talking about is the Boston Celtics over Milwaukee Bucks. This was a game that featured what I would consider the coming out party of, of Jason Tatum, because this is the first time where you could reasonably say that he went head to head with a player that was better than him in, you know, most people's eyes and the Celtics won because of him. A lot of the, a lot of the wins that the Celtics have had in previous playoff series, uh, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, against lower competitive ranked teams or, you know, he'll lose to better players like, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, or he'll lose to LeBron, or he'll lose, you know, whoever it is. This is the first time where, you know, Jason Tatum has been able to look across the, the guy on the other side, been like, you might think you're better, but I'm going to beat you today. Some of this has to do with the fact that the Celtics have a great overall defense that helped on everybody but Giannis. Um, Drew had his own uh, moments, and he played really well. But nonetheless, uh, this Boston Celtics team – uh, looks poised to stay for several years. I didn't really believe in them. I, I'm not a fan of Tatum. And to me, I'm, I'm going to need more than this one playoff series to see what they can do. Um, and, you know, moving forward in this, this season right here is going to be a big tell in how much faith I have in him moving forward. Uh, but just overall, game one, Giannis and Drew, Stole it in Boston with, you know, a nice stat line, 50 points, 17 assists, 22 rebounds. Tatum and Brown come back with 60 points, 15 assists, and nine boards. Uh, <clears throat> then again in game three, Bucks come back to win in Milwaukee. Giannis has his amazing 42.8 assists, 12 rebound game. And this was the game that I believe, you know, going down to the last seconds or so, uh, the Bucks were up 103-101. Uh, they missed they missed the free throw the Celtics did on purpose to try to get it, put it back in and tie the game. Uh, and the shot went in. It's just the ball was still in. I don't remember whose hand it was. It might have been Horford or, or Tice uh, when the shot went up. Uh, so now the Celtics have a two or the Bucks have a two one lead. And then in game four, the Celtics tie up the series with Horford's 30 point game on 14 shots, which this was the this was the game where. Uh, you know, Giannis came in, he was, you know, kind of jawing at him a little bit. And then, you know, Horford, you know, he, he did that little scowl thing like, oh, okay, okay. And it was really interesting because normally you're not like thinking, you know, to be afraid of upsetting Al Horford, but he ended up going off, especially in the second half. And I bet the Bucks kind of wish that he hadn't. Uh, in game five, Giannis comes back to Boston, drops 40 points and 11, uh, 11 rebounds. In game six, he has an even better game with 44 points and 20 rebounds, but Tatum drops 46 points, four assists, and nine rebounds as the Celtics managed to take game six in Milwaukee. So now there's a winner-take-all game seven. Uh, amazing series up until this point, and we've got this game seven in Boston that did not live up to any sort of expectation. I mean, the Bucks were the Bucks were dead from like, you know, 10 minutes into the first quarter. 
Uh, I mean, Giannis, he put up his 25 and 20, but it didn't really mean much, even by halftime. Overall, Giannis had his 34 points, 7.1 assists, and 14 rebounds, 14.7 rebounds, which is easily the best stat line. Um, in second, though, Tatum has, you know, 27.6 points, 5.4 assists, and 6.3 rebounds. So Giannis, just across the board, is an amazing player. But the way that, the way that Tatum was hitting his shots and the amount of threes that he took, I didn't think he could be that efficient on that high of, of volume of a three-point shooter. Uh, but he really showed out. And then Brown, you know, he had 22 points, 3.6 assists, and 7.3 rebounds. Overall, a very interesting series. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward because I'm not a huge fan of the Celtics, but it's definitely going to be something to watch because if the Boston Celtics, you know, come for the title and, you know, is there a claim for Tatum to say that he's the best player in the world? Because to me right now, You've got Giannis one, Luka two, uh, LeBron three, and then that fourth spot, you know, it's kind of open. Is it, is it KD? Is it Steph? Is it Tatum? Is it, you know, somebody else? Is it Embiid? Um, Tatum could really feel like he deserves to leapfrog a couple people if he leads the Celtics team to a title. Now, the next series that I want to go over, we're going to stay in the East, and we're going to talk about the Miami Heat beating on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, this series went, uh, went a little longer than I thought it would. I thought that Philadelphia might win one game, um, but I, actually, I, I really thought that Miami was going to be able to dispatch them well because the way that, the way that they were able to deploy uh, Deadman and Bam and P.J. Tucker defensively on – you know, switching back and forth between um, Joel Embiid once he got into the series and Tobias Harris. I think the defensive versatility of those three guys was so underrated looking at this, looking at this matchup between these two teams. Uh, Jimmy Butler had an amazing series, didn't really kick off until game three. Uh, game one started out with Adebayo and Hero going for 49 points, 11 assists and 13 rebounds. In game two, the game plan was really interesting for the Heat. They were pretty much just letting Maxi score and then, you know, doubling James Harden and making sure that nobody was getting open three-point shots. Uh, Maxi scored 34 points, and but there were four Heat players that scored 18-plus uh, points. And so, you know, the Heat have a 2-0 series lead as Joel Embiid enters the series. Um, but unfortunately, he really didn't even enter the series. Like, he never, he never came out. Um, I think he only had one game over 20 points. And obviously, you know, you've got the orbital fracture. It's going to, you know, it's going to bother you. But uh, we, we've seen players play through those kinds of injuries, you know, the kind of um, injuries to the face that, you know, guys like uh, LeBron, Rip Hamilton, Kyrie, Kobe, that they've all faced, you know, the mask type player. Um, and I was really ex expecting something from Joel Embiid, but the Heat, the Heat just said no. In game three, you can tell when you can tell when the Heat are, are starting to lose a game when Jimmy Butler starts taking all these shots. And Jimmy Butler dropped 33, uh, but they lost. Tyrese Maxey and Danny Green combined for 14 of 20 from three, which is absolutely insane. Game four, Butler ups the ante, scores 40. 
Harden answers with his own 31, nine and seven. He, he was just hitting so many shots uh, from three. James Harden was in that game. Uh, in game five, we had three Heat players that were ridiculously efficient from three. Um, it's supposed to eight of 16 to beat the 76ers uh, from three. So that, I mean, this game, it was a lower scoring game. And when you have three guys who normally don't shoot for volume, go for eight of 16 together, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have to give up 24 points on threes to non-shooters plus Struess, who was, you know, the best shooter of these three. Um, and the 76ers, no, nobody could get anything together. I don't know if anybody even had 20 points. Uh, and then in game six, Butler won the series uh, with 32-4-8. and eight. Philly gave up early. It was a great lead uh, that the Heat had for a while, and then they slowly chipped away at it when the Heat were pretty much playing prevent defense. Uh, you can tell in the series, Butler really took over. He had 27.5 points, 5.5 assists, 7.5 rebounds. Uh, James Harden with, you know, his nice balanced stat line at, you know, 18.2 points, seven assists and 6.3 rebounds. And then Tyrese Maxey, who was the leading scorer for the 76ers, had 20 points, three assists and two rebounds. Um, overall, I really believe in the Heat. I think they have the best combination of, of depth scoring, of superstar power with uh, Jimmy Butler. I think they have the best one through five, you know, you know whoever you want to put on the starting five. Uh, obviously Kyle Lowry's injured right now, but if you want to put, you know, Gabe Vincent in there and then Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, whoever you want to throw in there. And then either, you know, Dwayne Dedman or Bam Adebayo and PJ Tucker, whatever combination of those guys, whoever you want, probably the best one through five um, left in the East, especially maybe even the league, just kind of depending on how you feel about Golden State's uh, five. Speaking of Golden State, let's take a look at the Warriors win over the Memphis Grizzlies. So game one was an insane performance from John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. It was the first time that those two players had ever combined for 30 plus points in the same game. Uh, they scored 67 points collectively. Um, but Jordan Poole dropped 31, and obviously, you know, when your third best splash brother is dropping 31 points, you're in trouble. Uh, in game two, in Memphis, by the way, Memphis had home field advantage. Jaw dropped 47 to tie this series before it heads to Golden State. In game three, the Warriors made 17 out of, 32, out of their 32 three-point shots, and they ended up blowing by Memphis in this game. And in game four, uh, Steph had 32 points, which gave the Warriors a 3-1 lead. And then after Memphis absolutely demolished the Warriors in game five, you thought, oh, no, there's no way this happens. This would kind of be hilarious. Um, there were three players from Memphis that scored over 21 points, which is a pretty, pretty good average. Um, not pretty good average, but that's pretty good depth. Three players at over 20. And then in game six, uh, something that I don't think anybody saw coming, but game six, Clay showed up. Uh, he went eight of 14 from three. And Draymond went uh, for 14 points, eight assists, and 15 rebounds uh, as they locked in that series in six games. 
Uh, overall, Steph was the best warrior. Ja, obviously the best Grizzly, maybe the best player in the series if you don't, if he would have played more games. Um, but Steph had 26 points, 5.8 assists, and 4.8 rebounds. Ja had 38.3 points, 8.3 assists, and 7.6 rebounds. And then Draymond Green, with his 6.3 points, he had six assists, which led the Warriors, and 8.7 rebounds, uh, which also led the Warriors. I believe that if the Warriors want to make the finals again with Steph Curry as the best player and win the finals again with Steph Curry as the best player, this is the time because I don't know how good play is going to be another year older after all these injuries. And Jordan Poole could be coming for the best player uh, for the title of best player on this team. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. You know, this Warriors team, remember, they made the finals for the first time back in 2015. And then again in 16. And then again in 17. And then again in 18. And then again in 19. 20 and 21 go by. And now they have the chance to do it again in 22. That is a long time and a lot of games for this group that has amazingly stayed together this whole time. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of legacy play that the Warriors have left in them. And the last series, the one that got wrapped up uh, after the rest of them, Dallas Mavericks uh, over the Phoenix Suns. So Luka in this series was phenomenal, very 2007 LeBron-esque. Uh, he dropped 45 in game one, but the Suns had four players scoring over 17 points. Uh, in game two, Booker and CP3 went for 58 points, 12 rebounds, or 12 assists, and 10 rebounds on 63-60-100 shooting splits, 63 from the field, 60 from three, and 100 from the free throw line, which is ridiculous. Then in game three, we had five Suns score 12-plus points, but we saw them lose to Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson's 54 points, 14 assists, and 17 rebounds. Uh, as the series turned to, to Dallas, every single home team uh, was winning games, you know, leading up to that uh, infamous game seven. Dallas's defense was otherworldly in Dallas. In game four, Dorian Finney-Smith went eight of 12 from three, uh, which, you know, was good enough to move past Booker's 35 points. Not only were the Dallas Mavericks incredibly good defensively at home, but their three-point shooting was also ridiculously uh, improved at home. In game five, back in Phoenix, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton scored 48 as the Mavs struggled offensively. In game six, we had four Mavs score 15 points to force a game seven. So now the series goes back to Phoenix. And a lot like the Bucks versus the Celtics, the Suns versus the Mavs disappointed because this game was over within the first five minutes as Luka scored eight points and the Suns scored zero. In the first half, Luka had as many points as the entire Suns team. In this game, he out-everythinged the big three in Phoenix. 
Uh, Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Doncic went for 89. Uh, I mean, this game seven was the first road win of the series. Luca scored more points than Devin Booker in this series. He collected more rebounds than DeAndre Ayton in this series. He dished out more assists than CP3 in this series. And he got more steals than Cam Johnson in this series. Now, I don't know if you guys realize how ridiculous that is. But Devin Booker was the leading scorer on the number one team, fourth in the MVP voting. Okay. CP3, the point god, the best passer in the league. Enough said. DeAndre Ayton, number one overall pick at center. And Cam Johnson, defensive player of the year, uh, third uh, third voting. Jalen Brunson in the series was excellent. He had 18.7 points, 2.9 assists, and 4.4 rebounds. Uh, we had five Mavs shoot 45% from three, not including the two guys, Luca and Brunson, who had amazing series. And then Luca with the LeBron-esque, uh, 33 points, seven assists, and 10 rebounds per game. In year four, LeBron James carried the bum Cleveland Cavaliers to an NBA Finals through the Detroit Pistons, who were an amazing team that had been to, I believe, six consecutive Eastern Conference Finals, uh, one-time champions, two-time Eastern Conference champions. LeBron blew through them, and Luka Doncic has the chance to, if he moves past this Golden State Warriors team, who a little bit better pedigree, but very similar stature to those old Pistons teams that LeBron had to move through. If Luka Doncic can move through, he will be on pace to have the same type of career that LeBron had, possibly, at least offensively, even better. So that's going to be something that will be really interesting to look for in the future. And now we have my predictions for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals. Coming up next, I have the Warriors beating the Mavericks in six. I just don't think that the Mavericks have the ability to stop the shooting depth that the Warriors have. The Warriors have, you know, two guys that can get their own shot in Jordan Poole and Steph Curry. They have another elite spot-up shooter in Klay Thompson. They have an overall, overall amazing defense. Um the the new thing we have is the Magic Johnson and the Larry Bird Finals and Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals MVP trophies, um, which is great. In the West, I don't care what y'all think. The MVP is going to be Draymond Green because he's going to bring Luka Doncic back to earth. I believe that Luka will end up scoring somewhere around 25, 26 points, um, you know, seven assists, seven rebounds, which is a pretty great stat line, but not when in the previous series, you know, it was 33, you know, nine and 10 or whatever it was. Um, you know, he'll be, he'll be out playing amazing defense. And then in the Eastern conference, uh, I've got the heat in five. I really think that they have the ability to play better defense than the Milwaukee Bucks did. Plus Jimmy Butler has that type of high end uh, production that, you know, you could match Tatum tit for tat, plus the the depth that you have offensively, you know, the shooters, 
um, you know, Bam at a bio, you've got Tyler Hero that can get his own shot, Victor Oladipo that can get his own shot. And the defense is very, very close to the Celtics. It's not the best in the league, but it's very close. The MVP of that series is going to be Jimmy Butler. He'll have 31 points, six assists, seven rebounds, two steals, a block. And uh, the reason mainly he's going to be MVP is going to be, he's going to be hitting so many clutch shots, uh, you know, towards the end of games that it's going to be obvious that he is taking these games over, which would lead to a matchup of Warriors and Heat in the finals, which we'll preview the finals once we get there. Otherwise, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Be sure to be on the lookout for all of our future content. Like and subscribe and let me know what you thought about this video in the comments down below.